From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Anique Aiken, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, October 7th. Today, Impact Alpha's David Bank caught up with Zach Stein, CEO of Carbon Collective, to talk about how average investors with 401k retirement accounts can start to shift trillions of dollars away from fossil fuels and toward climate solutions. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. The U.S. Treasury channeled more than $8 billion to community small business lenders. The money will go to over 150 Community Development Financial Institutions, or CDFIs, and Minority Depository Institutions, or MDIs, mainly in Mississippi, Louisiana, North Carolina, California, and Texas. The aim is to expand the kind of small business lending CDFIs and MDIs provided early in the COVID pandemic when they played a vital role in getting aid to small businesses in communities of color, as well as low-income and rural areas. The Cosmoverse is coming into focus. Impact Alpha's Dan Keeler was in Medellin, Colombia last week, as blockchain eco-warriors for regenerative finance descended on the city. They aim to connect projects restoring ecosystems from U.S. forests to the Congo Basin, with companies seeking high-quality credits to offset their carbon emissions. Dan spoke with Gregory Landway about Regen Network's new carbon trading platform, which will cut out intermediaries to get a bigger share of the carbon payments directly to nature-based developers. October's list of active impact funds includes several first-time women-led funds in Africa. 535 Ventures is investing in early-stage tech startups founded by and for women in Africa. It closed on $1 million last year, on the way to its target of $30 million. Last week's Agent of Impact call showcased such emerging managers. The takeaway? Write the check. Check out this month's list on Impact Alpha or use the link in our show notes. And a $150 million fund is investing in Africa's cold chain to curb food waste. Cold trucks, storage, and related infrastructure would cut food losses in Africa, where nearly half the food produced goes to waste. African Infrastructure Investment Managers has taken a controlling stake in CCS Logistics, a 50-year-old South African logistics company with half a dozen facilities. Do you know what's in your 401k? If your company's plan is like most, then your retirement savings are financing carbon-intensive companies. That's bad for the planet and leaves you exposed to climate-related risks. Carbon Collective is trying to green the 401k. Zach Stein sat down with David Bank to talk about how employees and companies can align their retirement assets with the green imperative. Welcome to the briefing, Zach. Thanks so much for having me, David. You had a piece in Impact Alpha this week. We had a package on uh, greening your 401k, the um, retirement accounts that many Americans have. Sometimes they're called 403Bs, I think, in in the nonprofit world, but um, a kind of way to to save for retirement. And you've been making the case that uh, they are a significant source of capital that's not only not maybe helping the climate fight, but maybe hurting it as well. What's going on with 401ks? Absolutely. When it comes to climate change, we fundamentally cannot solve it unless we change how we invest. The science on this is really clear. For us to reach a net zero civilization by 2050, we need to stop investing in any new fossil fuel expansion. We have enough. We need to start winding down that industry and massively increase investments into climate solutions by five to 10 times over what we're doing today. 
if we do that as a planet, we have the technology we need to avoid catastrophic warming. If we do not, it's not going to matter how many trees we plant. We're not going to be able to avoid it. So that is the stakes of this playing field. And 401ks are where the majority of individuals hold their wealth and build their investments. And historically, it's been very hard to get options that are aligned with solving climate change. And that is part of what we're trying to do and help with that carbon collective. I think most people may understand this by now for their own personal experience. But the basic notion is that the company, the employer sets up a plan with a provider, and that provider has a set of choices that the employee saver um, can, can select from. And um, uh, oftentimes there's a default I know, and, and, and people, you know, stick with that, but sometimes they do have choices, but do they have climate friendly or carbon reduction choices? So that is exactly the tricky part. And the word, the key word here is the word fiduciary. In the 401k space, the company itself actually takes on a portion of the fiduciary role in the choice of what it offers its employees in their 401k plan. Historically, the term fiduciary here has meant you're investing with the stock market with as low fees as possible. Basically, Vanguard defined that term. We believe that in the age of climate change, it is of a company's fiduciary responsibility to make sure that you are also including options and investment options that align with and, and uh, with the risk and opportunity that are inherent um, in climate change, because it is the greatest uh, single financial risk to our collective retirements. And so you need to offer those as well as an employer. That's what I thought you were going to go to, that it is the, it is the employer and the provider's fiduciary duty to take into account climate risks um, and, and, and even climate opportunities. But that um, is there an argument that it's a breach of fiduciary duty not to take into account climate risks? That is the argument that we are making. That is the argument that we think is coming um, in this. It is very clear that climate change is here and is only going to worsen within this. And as a fiduciary, you are a steward on half of your employees and those participants' money and that capital with it. And that's a very important job and a serious job. So we believe strongly that it is uh, a company, it is not going against their fiduciary responsibilities, which is, that's what it's often seen as now to add a green option, but actually fully in line it, to add those options for those employees. Now, just to be clear, Carbon Collective offers a, a product that uh, fulfills this uh, fiduciary duty, as we're calling it, of the, of the, and 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 it's a and it's a a fund that can go into a four hundred one k and be selected as just like other funds in the in the plan. Correct, right? correct. We have started the process of securitizing our investment strategy, and our investment strategy. Part of why Carbon Collective exists is that the way that Wall Street was looking at climate and other ethical risks using the framework of ESG was not whatsoever aligned with what I started out with in the beginning of the call of what actually has to happen to solve the number one problem within sustainability, which is climate. So we build our portfolios. It's a bit of a cheesy rhyme, but it makes it easy to remember following a three-step process. It's divest, reinvest, pressure the rest. We divest from the sectors that cannot exist in a post-carbon world using today's technology. It's about 20% of the overall market. We do not think it makes sense to hold ExxonMobil to pressure them, to vote on them. Happy to get more into that if we want to. We reinvest into the companies that are building solutions to climate change. This is the ETF that we just launched. 
And then we broadly hold the remaining sectors of the market because these are the companies who we should pressure to adopt climate solutions, renewable energy, electrifying their fleets, uh, cleaning up their supply chains, because we're not asking them to change their core business. We're just asking them to change how their business is operated. So that's our approach. And in doing so, we're able to offer our clients portfolios that have a similar level of risk and reward as they would get with a generic US-based index fund portfolio. So the S&P 500 and the Barclays US Aggregate Bond Index, but with that clear theory of change of why everything is in there from a climate perspective. Well, let's take it piece by piece. Um, the divest part, you know, people will, will argue, but but let's just take leave that for the moment. But I think what's really interesting is this middle uh, section, which, as you said, invest in reinvest in the companies that are driving climate solutions and not just at some kind of pilot or prototype level, but actually driving their revenues from those climate solutions. I mean, just put some meat on those bones. What does that what does that look like? What are those companies and how do you and how do you find them and, and, and select yeah. them? Yeah. So this is our ETF. It's called CCSO, Climate Change Solutions with it. And what our goal is is to enable investors to invest into the climate solutions sector broadly. So the first thing that we have to do is define what is a climate solution with that. So we don't do that at Carbon Collective. It's not our source of expertise. We go and say, what are the leading plans for solving climate change? So we look at groups like Project Drawdown, the International Energy Agency, Rewiring America. What industries do they say need to massively scale over the coming decades for us to avoid catastrophic warming? Because again, climate change is a solvable problem, but we have to build our way out of it. And building takes investment in order to do that. So we define that whole universe of climate solutions, over 100 of them that could be potentially in there. We then go and survey every publicly traded company on U.S. markets, and we say which companies build a climate solution within. That's our inclusionary filter. So in our last update, it was about 450 that some companies are participating to some degree in making revenue from offering a climate solution, one of those categories. We then eliminate any of them who do not generate at least 50% of their revenue from that. So we want the companies that generate a majority of their revenue from building climate solutions, which resulted in a collection of 192 companies that we then go and weigh by market cap. So we're not trying to pick which solar company is going to win or lose in this. We're trying to grant that broad exposure to this. So it's about 40 different climate solutions that are represented within this fund. So it's not just renewable energy and it's not just electric cars, but it's also the electrification and energy efficiency of buildings. It's um, electrification of industry, the closed economy, sustainable agriculture, and more. And just just then take it to the final step. So say that money flows into uh, funds like this and, and and yours and others and that and that capital really shifts um, away from in the stock market from um, fossil fuel producers and towards these climate solution producers. Um, will that actually go to ground in a sense of, of driving real progress in the climate fight? Will that capital actually make a difference? Yes, this is the question to be asking. We hear a lot about you should green your retirement and all of that, but what is the tangible real world impact of making that decision? Um, and we talk about three things. I'm going to focus on the last thing the most here. The first is voting. When you own shares in a company, you have a vote and a say on what that company should do. And unless you are invested in a uh, fund that is deliberately making ethical voting choices, your vote is being used to just go ahead with management. 
which supports the status quo. The second piece is a company's cost of capital. And that comes to bear. And that is dictated by the supply and demand. Um, so number two is a company's cost of capital. Or why do CEOs and boards care about their share price? It's all you know publicly traded. They're all used stocks on there. When a company's share price is high, it is able to borrow money more cheaply as debt and to sell more shares as equity. Um, when in the in 2020, when especially for a lot of climate stocks, those stocks are really high, a company like Plug Power was able to sell an additional billion dollars of equity to build out its green hydrogen infrastructure. That is exactly what we want to see. And because those prices are dictated by supply and demand, the shares that are in your retirement fund, so in these pools that are not actively traded, but tend to sit there for decades, it's like your storage locker. And so what you're keeping there is artificially lowering the supply of actively traded shares in the market. So we want to keep the shares of the companies that are building those solutions because it's going to help their share price. I'll give an extreme example, which is going to lead me into my third here. From 2011 to 2020, the Dow Jones U.S. Coal Index fell 99% in value during that. When do you think it was easier for those coal CEOs to raise money? Back in 2011 or in 2020 after it had fallen 99%? That is why getting the divesting, getting those companies' oil stocks out of your storage locker, getting them back into actively traded is so important. And then the third step, and I think that this is the most important, is narrative. Right now, there is an underlying narrative that fossil fuels are a necessary evil for performance, and that sustainable investing or green investing is a fundamentally charitable act, that people like us do it because it, we feel better about it. And that is false. Since the year I was born, 1989 until the present, if you had divested from the S&P 500, you would have made more money if you had divested from fossil fuels. And looking ahead for oil and gas as an industry, we believe that they are the new coal in this, and that they're being fundamentally outcompeted in their two biggest markets, electricity. Solar, wind, and batteries are the cheapest form of generating electricity in most places around the world, and it's only getting more so. Transportation. The majority of oil that is used in transportation is not in planes, it's not in ships, it's in cars like yours and mine. And as you all well know, we have, we're in the middle of a transformation to a technology that just doesn't happen to use oil and is a fundamentally better car. They're faster, they're safer, they're roomier, they're quieter, they cost way less to maintain, and they're going to cost less to buy up front within the next five years with this. I just got one, Zach. Congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> it, and and it is and it, and you're right. It is a fundamentally better product and it, and and just like just like uh smartphones or or any other exactly. thing that it's going to it's going to take And over. it's when yeah. and that is part of our job. The goal of the divestment movement that the next chapter is it's not about getting more people like you and me to divest. That's important for it. But the next chapter is getting an unethical capital, non-ethical capital to realize that oil and gas do not have a long-term future for capital appreciation. And that's how you turn oil and gas into the new coal, because that's what happened to coal. In 2011, the narrative started to change on Wall Street. of Coal went being as seen as something that was important for dividends in a portfolio. 
and it would be stable to being seen as an industry that did not have a long-term economic future with it. And that completely cut out the market and created a self-fulfilling prophecy for those companies. Well, Zach, I, I'm tracking with you. I will say that that net narrative was taking hold more strongly when oil was uh, 20 bucks a, a barrel than when it's 100 and some bucks a barrel. Um, and people felt that they wanted to somehow be in on that on that price rise. And so the challenge, I think, for all of us now is, you know, as world goes through energy insecurity, um, that they go in a carbon friendly way uh, to, to, to get through that, uh, this this sort of tight spot we're in right now. And, and I think that is part of the narrative in what we as climate focused folks and investors need to do is always bring the conversation back out to the, the macros. Uh, we can talk about the micros of what's going on right now. And that it is really important because a lot of people are suffering with that. But the long-term trends for these business models very much points in the direction of a fundamental decline for the market share of oil and gas. And the more that we get investors to focus on that and realize that, the faster it will actually happen. And I think what you're saying here is an important thing too, which is that when we say investors in this case, we're talking about the millions and tens of millions of people who have um, um, a basic basic retirement um, accounts in their 401ks and that they themselves can play a role. And um, as you pointed out in your very helpful piece, um, uh, five steps to uh, greening your own 401k. So I encourage folks to uh, check out that piece in Impact Alpha. And Zach, I'll give you one last uh, chance to t tell folks the ticker symbol of the new ETF that Carbon Collective launched a couple weeks back. Thanks so much, David. Uh, if you are looking to invest broadly into climate solutions, CCSO, Climate Change Solutions, is a way to do that um, from your brokerage account. And if you are looking for help uh, for a more holistic investment strategy, so for a full retirement account, um, or for your company's 401k, you can visit carboncollective.co. We would love to help you out. I wasn't expecting to give you such a such a slot there, Zach. But thank you for taking that, and thank you for joining um, Impact Briefing. And uh, we'll be tracking along with you at, at Carbon Collective. So thanks much. Thanks so much, David. Keep up the great work. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Zach, David, and our producer Isaac Silk. Ready to try Impact Alpha? Sign up for Impact Alpha Open free of charge directly at impactalpha.com. Want to go deeper? Grab a subscription and get full access to the site, Agents of Impact Calls, and the daily email brief. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and choose an annual subscription. Thank you for listening. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care. <laughs>